talking to a woman who still uses a phone book. So that's good enough. <laughs> There's that. That thing sits outside my house till it's nice and saturated, and I throw it in the garbage because I have Google and I don't give a shit. You know. <laughs> I'm that person that they're going to stop making phone books for because it's just, I don't need it in my life, you know? Well, I mean, I guess I don't need it. I'm just old it's and like, it's a like, creature number, of habit. <laughs> what's the number for Papa John's in South Holland, Illinois? Let me see what Google has to say. Oh, there it is, you know? <laughs> Give me that large three-topping pizza, you fucking racist. I'm hungry, you know? <sighs> <sighs> I, I, well. don't, I don't like your politics, but I'll eat your pie. I got I, I it on my, on my tombstone, you know, just to say, I don't like your politics, but I'll eat your pie. That is an interesting statement to make going into these three films. Well, right? <laughs> I didn't mean that kind of pie. You know, I'm not, I know, I'm not that sick. Folks, and welcome to another episode of the Sin Beef Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and also with me from the great state of Tennessee, it is Mr. Jeffrey X. Martin. How you doing, sir? Hello, room. How are we doing tonight? Doing fine, fine, fine. Nice, nice, nice. It is a Survivor Series weekend almost. Let's see how that turns out, huh? <sighs> they have done so many title drops and switching around it's not just a swerve it's like swerviture i mean the whole last four or five weeks have just been crazy so i'm looking forward to that so much gotta mix it up you know tell you what gotta get that belt away from brock lesnar i'm I'm hoping this sunday that happens i I don't know i don't think aj's the guy to do it but what what a match that was though for sure (laughs) right (laughs) hey what do i know i'm not the booker man many folks are you know no no shucky ducky spin rooney action you know i oh. never have any idea what the fuck that man's talking about oh you made the other booker okay gotcha you know it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> like kevin sullivan booker back in the day yeah Got, gotcha gotcha right and with us you can share the world on with her with her smile indeed every time miss jamie j sammons how are you <laughs> i'm doing great thank you and you are Absolutely correct. It is a great state, and no one will be quicker to tell you than Michiganders. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I you know, and I'm not please don't. That's not an insult. I think it's adorable. I love it. They're just everyone is very proud. I have a Michigan sticker on my car now. Um, it's just a. If it's good enough for the Steiner brothers, I like it. It's good enough for me. That that that's all I'm saying. It just uh yeah. <laughs> Remember that X? How cool they were with them jackets on, man. You know. Damn headgear. headgear. It that makes it awesome. sound like he's something else entirely, and I love it, man, so much, you know. <laughs> we all need to go to we all need to go to Scott Steiner's Shoney. Is it his was our promotion or is it? Oh he, man, uh, Shoney's breakfast bar was the best one. 
Yes. See, when I, when, I went, when I went to Knoxville, X was trying to stray me away from Shoney's because I heard about an Alan Jackson song, and that's my only reference to it, but, you know, but, uh... <laughs> Oh, I know. I love the breakfast bar. They have those. You can make your own little strawberry shortcakes, and they have different tastes. And mm, that's good shit. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of legendary. <laughs> Not just that specific one, but I mean, show me. Oh boy, well, I'm gonna start with X. I'm gonna ask him what you been watching, X. Well, I mean, you know, we're constantly late to the party on things, so we've just been catching up or doing some other stuff. We've been doing a chronological rewatch of the Alien films, which is fun. Um, watched Prometheus a couple nights ago, and it didn't like make me like you know just moan in impotent rage this time. So I kind of liked it a little bit better. Um, Resurrection is still a glorious clusterfuck. I don't, I don't even know what the city of fucking lost aliens that one um then we made our way through american horror story the third season coven which i call american horror stevie because stevie nicks is all up in that shit and we just love her and we love her so much so that season's my favorite so far and don't don't because i haven't seen anything after coven so i don't know anything about season four well i hear in the in the big finale i haven't watched it yet that it all it ties all the shows together in the big finale I was, why we? What? That's when you continue. Is when Stevie Nick shows up because that's when you know everything is going to be fine. But my, my problem with, with Ryan Ryan can't quite finish. You know, this is your standard chick flick chick. Now it would be you. It, I am a connoisseur at this point. That's, that's uh, right. You so, put your work in. <laughs> my God, I've done my due diligence on that shit. Um, but yeah, it's probably my favorite light comedy since Just Friends, and that was what two thousand five. Yeah. I don't think I even heard of this one. What, Just Friends? No, why? Brian Cranston and Megan Mullally, who fucking steals it. She is so funny in this. So, yeah, I I just really enjoy it. Or Insult My Intelligence, so I will recommend that one. Oh, there we go. And that's it. And Kiss shows up, but they're not really that, that annoying either. They just show up, though. You know. <laughs> yep, Paul and Gene are in it, that's for sure. Oh, my God. Anything else, sir? Ah, that's it. Just old wrestling. Gotcha, gotcha. It's that time, yeah. Jamie? Yes. What you been watching? That, yes, was meant to buy me some time because... <laughs> yes? <laughs> I can't I can't wrap my brain around any... I mean, I know we've been watching a lot of stuff. Like, we watched um, all of Stranger Things. Oh, I'll tell you one thing we did watch that was so good was Mindhunter on Netflix. That's what they tell me. Ah. Uh, I was I was so into we went through it super fast because I just didn't want to at the end of every episode I didn't want to stop I wanted to keep going and um, that was that was very cool um, and then American Horror Story which I'm oh, almost season I'm so glad to hear you say that you enjoyed Coven because that is the one that people constantly put on the bottom their list that's the one people are like oh well I stopped watching it coming in so it is just generally unliked and I like it <laughs> so um it's nice to know someone else out there does. it's been a uh, while but I, I forget like um who was cutting people's heads off and shit it was it Kathy Bates or Angela Bassett when that happened I was all in so it's it's a uh, precious yeah I think fun. people tend to forget about those parts when they think about that episode because they always ever complain about the same things and no one ever brings up those scenes, which were really powerful. 
precious just frying you people's know. hands and shit, you know? Heard me was like that that precious scene in the greenhouse with uh, with the bull with just like ugh. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> and that's how. I mean, I know we've been watching other stuff, but mainly recently there's been a lot of TV. We've been doing Stranger Things, and then we whipped through Mindhunter. So yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. I've been watching a lot of TV as well. You know, the usual DCU stuff and uh, catching up on shows that I've missed. Um, but I, I went and seen Suspiria with, with Suzanne on the, on the on the big screen and at the Historical Music Box Theater, uh, be- beautiful ninety year old theater that's been there. You know, very very pink and white version of Suspiria, but it was it was nice to note that print exists. And Jessica Harper was there telling funny stories, so that that was um that was nice. She's uh gonna have a podcast coming out next year talking about her childhood and stuff in Winnetka, Illinois. So this is going to be called Winnetka. So if you guys haven't heard about that yet, look for that next year sometime. But um, yeah, she's cool. She she gave a she gave that is my present to them because they deserve it, you know. And uh, what else? Oh. And it, and it's awesome. That's very cool. I watched War of the Planet of the Apes, which much like the films we're going to discuss today, those apes need a union, and Caesar is is their leader, you know. <laughs> No, it's it's really great. There's a lot a lot of throwback stuff on there. They have a little mute girl that that of course they named Nova in the film. He's just shaving his head with his field knife, and he just fucking hates the apes because they brought that virus on. He's his head off, and he just tortures. I swear to God, it sounds like you're describing a fake movie. No, it is not a fake movie. This is a this is a <laughs> delightful know, movie. I know, but it isn't he pretty much Matthew McConaughey in Reign of Fire? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey hates dragons, and Woody Harrelson hates the apes, you know. But he plays a character in that movie, basically, that um, he, he lost it because he, he the world, basically, and he started to think that everybody had the virus, so he kills a bunch of people that he thinks may have the virus. So he's pretty much a man with, with a war who's within a war within a war, because uh, within a war within himself. And, you know, he's, he's a very, very tragic character. You almost feel bad for him, but at the same time, he's just abusing the fuck out of these apes. And you know what's going to happen at the end of that movie. Apes going to revolt. Apes going to win, man. You cheer for him. It's my favorite thing about this new ape series that, you know, they, they seem like very, you know, like, uh, well, the gorillas anyway, seem very, you know, forthcoming and, and brutish in the, those, the original ape series. But this one, they make you feel sympathy for him, and that's, they do a real, real good job with that one. And I, uh, I enjoyed the finale of this series because it does end, and I'm not going to say how if you guys haven't watched it yet. Um, what else? Well, I watched. Uh, I think it's interesting that but, you, you you can make it such a comparison between those two films, you know, and there, there's, there's, and how they were very much the aggressors. Yeah, it it, it, uh, it, it took them a while to get there. It took Doctor Zayas to, to be talking all kinds of shit to him, and you know, it's, it's uh. But you don't get Doctor Zayas in these movies yet. No, but it, it it ended real good though. I really I really enjoyed it. Damn. <laughs> uh, I does, also. Oh, does, I'm sorry. Does Does Mark Wahlberg come back at the end? Mark Wahlberg does not come back in the end. No, you don't. Okay. You don't need Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> you know? Although there's parts of that Burton one that I like. You know, there's it's not a good movie, but I, li- I like Paul Giamatti. Oh, Lincoln Ape at the end. There's not a Lincoln Ape at the end. No. <laughs> no nothing. Oh, you must be talking about another. <laughs> nothing of the nothing of that kind. They they find, <laughs> but much like in, in in Logan's Run, they find sanctuary in the end. So there there you go. Uh, oh, I also watched a really good movie made by the guy the guy that made Bone Tomahawk called uh, Brawl in Cell Block Ninety Nine. 
Uh, Keep hearing good things. Man, that thing, if you you don't like Vince Vaughn, and a lot of folks don't, much much like, you know, Franco. I know a lot of folks who hate Franco, but that's because they haven't seen the, the, the great stuff that he's acted in. I cannot wait to see the disaster. What is it? Disaster the, artist with him and his brother. Yeah, disaster artist. Yeah. I'm a Dave Franco fan, so they got me right away with Dave Franco and and, and James Franco. I don't even um disaster artist. Yes. The disaster artist. Oh yeah, it's about um Wizzo. Oh okay. Comic Wizzo. It's like his life, you know, from when he wants to start out, he wants to be. An actor, and then when he can't do it, then he decides to make his own film. But his portrayal of him is so spot on; I it just tickles me every time. Nice. Oh, what else? There, there was one more thing that I can see. Oh, since and I'll get into this later, but I, I watched all the best of the best films because I'm going to write an article for for John Cross's Ninja Vember for for his website. And um, those are four very different films as far as plot goes, and I yeah. I, I enjoy them though. Um, That's I had wanted to watch those recently, at least the first one. A bad guy who could be Richard Dawson in The Running Man, but he's not. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. Besides that, not not a whole lot more as far as uh, I want to get a lot more stuff in, but I fell asleep. You know, those things happen. I was gonna get try to get um, mayhem in with um. With Glenn from The Walking Dead in it. I heard that's really amazing to watch, so I was going to watch that. And The Belko Experiment, which I haven't watched yet. I, I think those would pair well together, I think. But um, I didn't watch those movies, so we're going to get into now being the next segment, being our Beef Bitches and Mashed Potatoes. Okay, who gets the burly uh, beef? I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't who order gets fries. Who the barbecue beef? Mine's the deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? X, what's your beef, sir? Oh, boy. Um, Look, I know we're in a period where we're openly talking about sexual... I think so. I always thought he was gay. So did I. So, and it uh, never was a bad thing. No, it was Ever, just, not well, even for a second, you know? No, it was just, oh, well, there, there's that, you know? It was just a, a matter of fact. Right. As far as but, I was concerned. Right, but you know, what do I know? Apparently that was some kind of state secret. Um, but here's the thing, for me anyway. I don't think that we should be surprised when famous people do shitty things. And that's not even me being cynical. I just think that we're all humans regardless of our level of fame. And we're all selfish and greedy and we want what we want. Now this does not make it right. Having impulses is normal, but when those impulses impinge on other people and you don't have the maturity or the self-control to rein those impulses in, then you kind of do deserve to be called out because that's not the kind of thing that a man does. That's what a boy does. So when you're an adult and you're like, oh, I didn't realize that I shouldn't you know, whip my cock out in front of this woman that I'm just in a room with, okay. Welcome to Earth. I, there you go. I wanted to slow clap after that. That was good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm being good serious. That that that, <laughs> that um yeah. <laughs> I'm I mean I am all about. I'm that's why I said um, uh, it's so it's so hard 
because on one end, like I'm torn between just bleed it out, you know, um, right. Right. I, I don't know, pop the, pop a hole in the skin and let the pus run out. Uh, it'll never heal until everything is exposed, you know, and then That's- it's painful at the same time, you know, because, and even though it's not a surprise that human beings do horrible things, we Everyone should know that. And if you don't know that by now, then maybe you should get out a little bit more. Just <laughs> do shitty things. And so, yeah, it's not really a, a surprise that someone is doing it. It just can be painful when certain people do it, you know. And it's not like you expect those people to be perfect, but you just kind of hope they wouldn't go this far. And, I mean, it just sort of exceeds normal human decency. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it's very disturbing on many levels, and not just my pus reference. <laughs> Jamie says, including <laughs> Jamie says Lance. Jamie says Lance, that blackhead. You know, <laughs> you yeah, know those, those even, are the grossest videos like on the internet, right the there. <laughs> yeah, I don't like half the words I just said. So <laughs> it's like I don't like the feel of them coming out of my mouth, but it's um, you know, it's true. It's um, it's just I don't know. Oh my god! Yeah, me, me on on that subject. You know, I, I think Kevin Spacey went the wrong way about it by saying, "Hey, I, I physically attacked this fourteen year old boy, but I'm gay, so, so it's okay, right?" Like, no, no, it's it's not okay, Kevin, because you know you, you did it. You know, he was underage, and you, you forced yourself apparently on more than one person, and that that's not the right thing to do. And you're, you're getting thrown out of Hollywood basically for it, and that that's you deserve that. But then you got people, and I know. I don't want to sound sexist about this at all, but, you know, there there's infractions, and then there's, like, you know, terrible things. And I think infractions, like George Takei, whatever happened there, him jerking off some masseuse in 1981, I, 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 don't, I don't know what the ramifications of that was or what happened, but, you know, I think you were still almost in the 70s, and everybody was fucking everybody back in those days, so maybe he was into it, but maybe he wasn't into it. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't in that, but... Stuff like the Al Franken thing, where t- today today that came out, and he apologized to the woman, and I, I think she accepted. You know, l- like grown-ups. I don't know if I can expect people. I guess it depends on I'm not really saying, I'm not how, saying all, how all, egregious the act was. Yeah, I'm not but. saying all all infractions, but you know, I, I'm free to say this on the air. This is why I don't drink heavily anymore. I went to a party at my friend's house. You know, those one of those basement parties. You hang out, you play music, you drink too much. Well, uh, a friend of ours had this 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 cousin that came that, that I haven't seen in a couple of years. She was 13 years old than I saw her last time. She was 15 now, and she filled out quite nice as a young lady. And I, I was drinking heavily that night, and I was flirting, and I put my hand on her leg. And as soon as I put my hand on her leg, I, 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 I felt on my brain that was the wrong thing to do. And I apologized profusely the next day. Now, she didn't think that was, it was that big of a deal. But in my grown-up brain, who who has morals, morals, you know, just running and, and feelings running through my brain about what I had done, you know, said right there, like, yeah, this is wrong, you know. I don't, I don't care how much power you have or influence you have in Hollywood, you know, or whatever you have. It could be a boss at work. It could be whatever. whatever. Somebody in a position of power or, or, or an older person like myself, I think I was like 22 at the time and she was 15 it, it, it don't make it right, and I I felt for 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 I the the ex the most I drank was at your house that that one that, that one weekend where you know right on. I'm not saying I I got hammered or anything, but you know that's like the first hard alcohol I drank in a long time. Otherwise, it's like a beer or something. But it's because of that incident where I just said, you know what, 
I can't do it. Like no, no, no more chemicals. I can't. I don't. I don't smoke weed. I don't do pharmaceutical drugs. Nothing like that. You know, it's just not something I do for that reason. And just these people just walk around like it's it's not a big deal. But you know, it, it is a big deal for the people involved. And I, I feel sorry for those people. And yeah. Ugh. Ooh, glad that I got off the upper chest. You know, if you think I'm disgusting person, I'm sorry. You know, but whatever. It's there. I laid it out there. It's all right, man. We're hitting those difficult topics tonight. Might yes. as well just hit them head on. Well, I think it's like X said too. There's it's it's human to have a response to things, but it's adult to take control of that situation. You know, and I think that you did that. You know, you know can't help our initial response, and then you think, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? That doesn't even make any kind of sense. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But that's where the, you know, the adult part of being a grown-up comes in. And you have to realize, you know, there are rules that we live by. And so, you know. That's true. uh, when, When they don't readily need them, you know, and I just feel like if I owned a business, it may not be the best thing for the bottom line, you know, on the whole, but to me, it'd be far more worth it to do things to keep your employees and keep the good ones rather than to continue running them off and having to train new people that you don't know how they're going to work out. And then you get rid of them, getting rid of them. And it's a vicious cycle when, if you could make uh, create a working environment wherein the ones you wanted to keep would be happy to stay. And for the long term, don't you think that'd be better for a business on the whole? Oh, definitely. You know, good employees. Are they right? Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gary. I was like, good employees are kind of hard to find these days, you know. Are they writing the word cunts on the wall and shit? No, 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 no. Okay. Well, I was just checking. <laughs> But, I mean, that's about it. You know, I just, um, yeah, it's just a, a, some business mentalities just blow my mind. Um, yeah. I don't understand. There are some people who own businesses that I don't know how the hell they do it because they have no visible rationale. They have no reason behind what they do deeply as possible without any thought about how that affects the service you know, of their business. So, yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. Oh, that uh, drives me nuts when things that they put into place force the experience for the customer to decline. And yet when those things are brought to their attention, it is ultimately your fault. <laughs> because even though it use, your job started with things that you have no control over. And um, it's like, you know, people aren't complaining. And this is like from when I used to work at the restaurant. People aren't complaining about the fish because I delivered it wrong. People are complaining about the fish because you started taking one plank and cutting it into two. You know, it's like you, know, you get fucking cheap and try to to cut corners and your customers are going to notice. That would piss me off, that's for sure. Right? But yet it's that you know, it was the server's fault that they got mad. It turned okay. that, that, that like like Mel like Mel's dining, you got churned that that pie from six slices to eight, man, you know. It's a uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've experienced that. There actually is a pie-cutting ring there like a, that cuts uniform slices. Oh, yeah. We're not allowed to use that anymore because it makes the pieces too big. <laughs> it wants this way and then turn it a uh, quarter turn counterclockwise. <laughs> and we'll use it again. Um, 
No, we didn't do that. But <laughs> it's just, uh, and then what kills me is you have things like they do that and then they have like some food that ends up going bad because they don't go through, through it fast enough. Like, well, no, you're wasting money anyway. What's wrong with you? Sounds like you're telling me they don't need Jesus. They need John Tappert from Bar Rescue. To that's, <laughs> that's not even a guilty pleasure. I love when he yells at people. It's amazing. You know. Oh, my God. This on the bottom of the fridge. You sell this to people? That's bacteria. He, he just yells. It's amazing. You know. Oh, my God. Me, but my my beef is you know much like the stuff X was talking about that that, that that's part of it. But you know, it's that that important season. I don't, I want to change this to see Michael Rappaport, uh, Reverend Patton, and uh, of course me and Bialik, who's always on my mind because she doesn't leave the internet. It, it, it it's terrible. But uh, she went uh her and her Gronk Nation went a a diatribe about and this is not just her. This is many people. Telling me why things are bad. And, and her video this time around is why Thanksgiving is bad. And I don't need her to tell me how the th first Thanksgiving went. I know it was a terrible thing. And many folks died. They brought this easy idea. You know, suburban family together. Whether they're white, black, Mexican. It ain't even about that. It's about getting fat and drinking and falling asleep. They ain't thinking about fucking Indians getting slaughtered by pilgrims and shit. You know, it, I mean, I know that that's what happened. But, you know... It's all about more about what you're thankful for, and then she she gets into all this stuff. But wa watches what she puts in her body is by eating a, ba a bacon double cheeseburger in her presence. And, huh? Yeah, I, I, I Lord, and you you live in Chicago, so <laughs> you know all about it. Pork chops tonight. Am I wondering which pig they came from? If the pig was happy or not? No. You know, pe people got to eat, man, and you know, it, it, it's it, it they can't afford, you know organic corn-fed beef and they can afford the eight dollar hamburger chub for, for, from the grocery store that's all they can afford to feed their family they're gonna feed their family something and they, they can't afford that organic shit that you guys push so much is it better for you sure but it's more expensive and some folks some folks are just can't afford that stuff and you know so i say to you people who are going all organic and you know vegan and Gluten free, if you, unless you unless you your health will only let you go gluten free. You know, I'm I'm not going to condemn those people, but I've tried gluten free bread and, and gluten free stuff. Unless you put it in a toaster, that shit just falls apart like crumbs, and I don't like that shit. I I like good sandwich, okay? And they don't work out too well. <laughs> so vegans, if you, if you love if you love vegan stuff, you know, I've eat, I've eaten the vegan food. My my friend, just don't tell me how it's made. And, and, and don't don't uh, don't bitch at me when I uh, ask for extra bacon on my sandwich. Did you just say you can't be prejudiced against vegans because you have a friend who was a vegan? <laughs> well, yeah, I I, I have because like you know you you have you have two kinds of people. You 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 know this, you know. <laughs> the people who are vegan that keep to themselves and do, don't sit there and judge people. You got that other kind of vegan who says that I'm better than you. You guys are eating all wrong and yada, 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 yada. Did, do, I, do I realize that red meat stays in your body for a long time? Sure. But pass me that fucking steak. I, give me the goddamn A1. I'll eat, I'll eat your steak, too. You don't want your steak? You don't want your, your, your ribs, your, your bacon? Just put it on my plate. I'll eat it, you know? This ain't no Chinese. Put that shit away for later on. Vegans. My best friend does CrossFit. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> It's the same animal, okay? CrossFit. Some folks are too fit, you know. 
Do you like that? That's my white guy voice. <laughs> I like I like that white guy voice. But tonight, Jamie programmed a show, and I want her to tell us all about it. Jamie, what'd you program, girl? Well, well, to start it off, the thing that started it all was the movie Silkwood, and. I decided it's been a long time since I watched that movie. It was one that I shared with my mom a lot growing up. And there were things about it, like scenes that were stapled into my mind. And then there were things about it that kind of annoyed me. And watching it tonight, those things haven't changed. But uh, (laughs) it was really an excuse to see that film. And then I thought, well, why not put in films about some other women who worked in in an, a male-dominated area and made things happen, made things change. And it wasn't always about male and female, but it the fact was they were women who made changes. So, uh, and someone else, for the 1979 Oscar for her role in that film, and then decided to bring it bring it home with uh, Charlotte Theron in a more, um, a more modern, well, it's not more modern times, but more of a modern take on a very similar story. So it's, um, yeah, that was with North Country. So, and it really wasn't all that grandiose. <laughs> That's why I settled on those. But um, the main star for me yeah. personally yeah, was. It's, it's not that hard. Yeah, I, I program the best shows while I'm sitting on the john. You know, trade secret people. It's not that hard to think about, you know, but. Uh, I do my best thinking there sometimes, so pieces of outlandish stuff pop up. I probably thought about it while I was on the John. But uh, well, it's like, like I said, I know mine's a little on the nose compared to some of the pairings that, or rather, the threesome. But um, d- d- yeah, no, no regrets, no that. regrets whatsoever. <laughs> at that, as you are, <laughs> don't feel discouraged. No regrets at all. You know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll get into that with uh, our first feature. I think we'll be Norma Ray if we go in succession. So we're going to get into that. Right after this. Norma Ray has been working since she was 16. She's been a mother since she was 18. She's been on her own since she was 20. Norma Ray is a survivor, and for the first time in her life, she's got a chance to become something more. Good morning, Wachowski Textile Workers Union of America. A winner. Good morning. I've met a Jew before. How you doing? You sure are a fish out of water down here. <laughs> this is not exactly my native habitat. If I joined up with you, would I lose my job? No way. I was never a very good Girl Scout. I'll go along with you. You are the fish I wanted to hook. 20th Century Fox presents Norma Ray. Norma, you got the biggest mouth in this mill. Give us a longer break. Give us more smoking time. Do it, now shut up. If you are in the State Department, we'd be at war. Proven, I think you like me. Did you ever sleep with him? No, but he's in my head. You're going too far now, Norma. This here is our home. How am I going too far? There's a bunch of black men in there. You're going to get us in a whole lot of trouble. I ain't never had any trouble with black men. The only trouble I ever had in my life was with white men. Looks like you strayed off the reservation, Norma. What the hell is going on around here? They say she's made a porno movie with a local police officer. I don't believe this. Then TV dinners, kids going around in dirty jeans. I'm going around, uh, without, altogether. You know what I am? 
but I believe it. It's standing up for what I think is right. She's a free woman. Maybe you can live with it, maybe you can't. This is the story of a woman with the courage to risk everything for what she knows is right. Lady, I want you off the premises now. I started this, and I'm going to finish it. I want you out of here right quick. Norma Ray. Norma Ray from nineteen seventy nine, rated PG. Wow, okay, that's good. Uh, plot synopsis is this. A young single mother and textile worker agrees to help unionize her mill despite the problems and dangers involved. Uh, this, this stars a bunch of folks you might know. Uh, Sally Field is in the film as, as Norma Ray. Bo Bridges, who I love in this movie. I think he's pretty great. I don't know who Rob Liebman, Ron Liebman is. He plays the, the union guy. I, I've probably seen him in like 10 things. I can't really recall what those 10 things are. Um, Pat Hingle. Bubba Hendershot himself. Who else we got here that's recognizable? I, I recognize a couple folks in here, they, including like uh, Frank McRae shows up at a certain point, which is an actor I enjoy, and um, that that's uh, that's about it. But uh, this is a film that I covered long ago when the Bird and the Beard was still a thing, and uh, I, I we I enjoyed it then, and I, I I still enjoy it now. But I'd like to ask X what he thinks about it. Well. All right, look, I'm a Tennessee dude, all right? And Tennessee is a right-to-work state. So I got to say, I don't know anything about unions. So I hear well, you. in a union, there is no union for retail middle management. It doesn't exist. But I do understand not wanting to be told what to do by anybody, really. <clears throat> and I understand fear of change and I understand how people with a modicum of power or control can use that to suppress people in the name of the bottom line so in that respect yeah this is a great triumphant movie Sally Fields just friggin amazing in this you know I liked her I really liked her but Ron Liebman who I don't know why I don't recognize him he was in a shit ton of stuff in the 70s uh, a lot of tv a lot of cop movies he was always a cop so he was pretty great in this and i always think that bo bridges is like the forgotten bridges brother so i'm always happy to see him not my opinion i know i, I, I like, know. I like them thinks, both he thinks nash is <laughs> also enjoy that as well nice <laughs> So, I don't know. Excellent performances all around. Plus, we get to stare into the cold. Anyway, I feel like this may not be a movie for everybody. I think maybe, and I'm not, well, I guess I am trying to get political. It's a political film, but I feel like Um. So, yeah, <laughs> I have. She just is, I don't know. I've always felt that about her. I, she, and, and wow, that Oscar, I watched the, the, the a clip from the Oscars of that year in preparation for the show. Sometimes, a lot of times, life is suffering. And in order to survive it, you have to be willing to push past that. Anyway, I don't know. My mind went, <laughs> my mind went 
dark places when you're talking about Sally Field in a movie about a cotton mill. So I, you know, <laughs> you know um, I think that was just overall what I was getting. I watched these movies all back to back. I did too. Today. So I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you pile them on one on top of the other like that, there has to be some sort of ramification. There should be a study. God damn, where's Bandit? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, um, so I like it. There is a formula to films like this. And try as they might, like, I'm not sure if a filmmaker, when they tell a story about a real person, if they follow this same formula because it is the formula that has worked, you know, does it just so happen this is the way their life has worked out? Or, um, I don't know, are they just lazy? So, and it's, but it's always the same. It's always, we meet this person, you like this person, you see this some shit, they go through even more shit before no one believes them, and then they fight, and then they are put on trial, and then people believe them, and then they are vindicated, and something changes, except their life. They're still where they were. They're still where they were. Um, right. Standing outside the damn cotton mill while the credits right. roll. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like, wow, is it? Then it's, I guess there's a part of you that's, that's thinking, shit, is it worth it to go through all that if I'm just going to be standing in the same spot when it's over? <laughs> no, but I mean, I guess that is a, um, I don't know, that's a, that's a testament. So it's, it's weird. And then when they do, they do follow the formula. They always, uh, they get kind of embellishy in places. And sometimes it comes off a little silly if you aren't completely sucked in. But if you are completely sucked in, it's like a locker room speech before the big game. It's, it's um, you know, all of these feelings go running through uh, whenever I watch any of these things. Is that, is that like a woman thing or do you guys feel something too? Well, dudes admitted a little bit less than ladies do. I think it's a a thing you hold in certain feelings. Not so much for Norma Ray, but for other films. And yeah, <laughs> I try well, hard not. I try not to feel things. Uh, well, that's probably the best thing to do. Yeah. So um, <laughs> now, and to be honest, I'm there with X as far as like the actual workings of unions go. Um, I never experienced one, never knew anyone who experienced one up until I am now, since I relocated to the Midwest, that is a thing. (laughs) It is a thing all over up here. And, uh, you know, I have Brian who knows all about unions. And so it's, it's very different. It's a very different point of view. But like X also, I still understand the inner workings of just how you should be. And um, the fact that these people are going through, some really horrible things. So it's, and yeah, you got to fix that shit. Um, to put it, you know, simply. But yeah, personally, I have no experience with them. Yeah, they're, 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 I, I'd say, I, I use the word rampant, but I'm not going to use the word rampant because, you know, it's all about, you know, brotherhood. They, 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 they call each other brothers. So like when one of them dies, you know, they, they say, you know, we lost a brother. And, you know, that's just somebody that they used to hang, they hang out with and they've had beers with. So, you know, let's celebrate them or something. But, you know, that, that it takes a lot to get there. And, and uh, yeah, unions are, unions are very important to people out here. So I understand Grave Dancers Union because that was like the only good Soul Asylum record as far as, <laughs> as, far as I'm concerned. That's about it. Is that the one with, with um, I forget now. Well, there's Western Union. I think we all get how that works. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, yeah. 
I get that. I'm still confused about credit unions, so, you know. <laughs> they are better than banks. If you can get one, do it. <laughs> Every time I think about Western Union, I think about Danny McBride in a wheelchair and due date. I gotta go, I got a reservation at Chili's with my boys, you know. <laughs> Just beating the fuck out of Robert Downey Jr., you know. That's funny. That's funny to me. I didn't see due date. It's, it's probably hilarious. It's it's a nice it's a it's a nice pairing with planes, trains, and automobiles because it's almost the same movie, but with with Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis. Okay, well, this is what I've noticed since we've had this conversation. Is we started out talking about this movie, and then the last words out of your mouth were Zach Galifianakis. Hey, he's he's probably, he's, a, he's a pro union guy. I'm sure. So I'm Come on going now. To... I haven't really spoken about it, you know. Uh... Hey, he isn't I, I think that what I, I think that what that says though is that at least to me this was the least impactful of these films. Oh, out, of, an, out of the three for sure, yeah. On a level, because honestly, ends, it, I just don't feel like. Be- oh, sorry. What I said, it ends very happy in a way, you know. Like, okay, but hey, we got a union, you know. Wow, I dis- I disagree with that entirely, Jamie. But we'll find that out later. Wait, which you disagree that this is the least uh, yeah. impactful? Yes. Okay, that's interesting. I'm and I am, I am, I'm, but um, well, at least for me, you know, right. I don't. Well, of course, and we, and you know, we will discuss yes. this respectfully <laughs> as adult human beings. <laughs> no, 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 filthy jokes whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> man, oh man. Yeah, Norma Ray. It's it's an enjoyable film. It's a good film about you know family in a way. And I, I, I mean, um, okay. The working conditions of my job suck, but I'll, I'll, I'll never start a union. I'll probably get fired first. But, but um, yeah, these people who the only they, they make it really, really apparent that this is the only place to work in this town. So, like a tasty freeze in there, or something like that. Maybe a fire. You graduate high school, you're not going to college. You're gonna go work at the mill, and it it, it proves that because you got mother, your mother, her mother working there, her father working there, she's working there. Right. It's right. It's, it's just something you do. When, when and that's really hit home real well in this film. I think that that sense of community in in a way, you know. So I, I think they, they said it best and dropped dead gorgeous. Unless you can play football, you're staying in this town. You know, it's 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 coming. Yes, and also <laughs> go for it. I'm sorry, I got sidetracked in my head. Um, I don't know. oh. Basically, well, you can see that it's difficult for people to go through the things that they're going through when they're fighting against these things. And um, a lot of times it's easier for people to just keep going. Things might be uncomfortable and you might not be happy and you might die even. But for most people, it's a lot more comfortable to just keep plugging away than to always laziness. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's, you know, I don't want to get involved. I just want to put my head down and survive. That's an, an you know, oh, yeah. especially like when your family turns against you, like here. And then. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Hey, she's all right by him. <laughs> so, um, she kinda, anyway. She kind of is, too. She's kind of like, like, like X said, the town mattress. She's uh, hanging out at hotels waiting for strange men to show up, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, she has morals. It's like, you're a married man, I can't do this anymore. Well, fuck you, bitch! And just slap her across the eye, you know, and, uh, and he's, he's all, uh, 
<laughs> ready, ready for you. And uh, yeah, yeah, Hingle, that, that that conversation he has with uh with Ruben is is pretty much on the nose. Which if you talk to a lot of these old union guys, these guys that have been in the locals for forty years, that that are stopped working, but they just keep going to to the local to have drinks with the young guys and stuff. Because I've been there. I've I've been to to the lo- to the local a, a lot because my my cousin Joey was a boilermaker, my cousin Josh's a boilermaker, my grandfather was a boilermaker. So I spent a lot of time at these bars just listening to these old timers talk about about these union reps moving into town and promising all these things and getting shut down by by the bigwigs and and in the end nobody gets nothing. And and and, and that that didn't happen in this movie obviously because you know big big happy ending the the union won obviously. But I, I can see where he's coming from because I've heard I've heard stories come out of these these old timers' mouths about the way things used to be, and compared to the way things are now, which are very you know, Nudie's going through something right now. Nude Nudie works. If you guys didn't know, my friend Nudie, who's on the the NFW and two drink minimum commentaries, he's fighting to get a, a living wage from Disney. This is Disney. He works he works at Disney World in Florida and. They're just fighting to get a living wage. And they mind. They can be that greedy and that heartless to say, you know what, you work here, but go fuck yourself. You know, go out there and sweat in 90 degree weather while, while we collect $120 a day or whatever it is for somebody to get in there, you know, for to, to go to Disney. We can't give you guys whatever, whatever they're asking for. I forget exactly what it is, but they're still making that fight to get those wages. And this, um, that's a shame. But this, uh... This film hits a lot of those points too, to where you can churn your 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 friend against their coworker, and you know, right? They put the sign on the wall saying that the the, the blacks are gonna get over on the whites if this happens, and just just to to stir the pot. It did. Uh, well, huh. oh, you mean like distract oh, someone yeah. with say a, an inane tweet and keep their minds busy on something other than what's actually. Oh, come on, everybody, Jamie. That never happened. Everybody loves a troll, and so does Jamie. Ah, <laughs> uh, so I have. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, do you, are you, what you said earlier about the emotional response, is that because of a, a less of some in another film, or just that this one particularly does strike you? Well, this one, you know, you see a lot more of the inner. Out of all the films that we're going to talk about, you see the, the more and more of the, the, of the, the, the building and the, the, I guess the importance of the union, because the character Ruben really lays it out, you know, about cost of living increases and all that stuff that that's important to, to somebody who works in that. And, you know, and I think that it lays it out more than North country does and more than, than Silkwood does. Cause let's face it. Silkwood's a big old exploitation film. Cause they, they they torched that poor woman in that movie. <laughs> we'll uh we'll get into that later on, obviously. But um, as far as the workings of a union goes, th- this one hits hits at home more than the other two, in my opinion. Although once they, although once they get their union, it just kind of stops and ends in silence. So I guess the pod the pod people won in this this situation, like in Invasion of Bias. Well, that's when you just you fill it in yourself and you fill in that something that happened. That's what. Which that's that's the <laughs> most eerie. Take care of the end. It's it sounds really strange, but we'll cover it one day. But the most eerie part of of, of Invasion of Bias Snatcher seventy eight was is the fact that there's total silence in the end credits to me. 
it's like there's nothing going on at all. Like, yeah, everybody's emotionless. They won, you know. You get no <laughs> music, you know. <laughs> Fuck you, Jerry Goldsmith. <laughs> I thought it was That's... particularly effective when they played you know, the really fast version of, was it Gluten at the end of American World of London? Because um, <laughs> you're just out of, you're coming out of the just shot the guy you love or you're got the guy you love just got shot, you know, doing that cry and then um bomb 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 It could have been surfing bird, you know. Less of a response from other films or is it that you particularly feel a heavy response No, I'm 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 going strictly within these three films. Okay. Alrighty. But um, yeah, I'll I'll kick it to Jamie and I'll uh, ask her any final thoughts and what she would rate Norma Ray. Oh man, it, this is uh, is an excellent film and it it, it is and it is an an emotional film. Like I said, I just can't. It there's like a little uh, I don't know. It feels like a at times it gives me the sensation of having a really good locker room speech. But <laughs> um, and I've I think the cast is incredible. Uh, while I have uh, things personally attached to other films in this series that we're discussing, so that kind of puts it lower on the list for me personally, but it does not mean that it's not uh, a really excellent film. So I'm going to have to say eight. Great. X. It's a good movie. Great performances. Um, made by Teamsters and the Screen Actors Guild. So this is a movie about unions made by unions, right? So that's meta as fuck. I give it an eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say it like that, X. You know, that it's a U movie. <laughs> Fucking Screen Actors Guild. <laughs> we're not union, and we're taking over this movie. That's not how I just know that part in Cecil be demented, you know. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's, it's an eight as well. I, I enjoy a lot of stuff. A lot of it you didn't even touch on, like, the, the scene where she's she's talking, you know, to her kids about who their fathers are, which I thought was pretty touching, because in North Carolina, they just blast her business out in the street, and before they could do that in this movie, she has a Literally. real... Literally. Yes. <laughs> they have a real discussion with her kids about, you know, well, this is the, before you hear any rumors, this is your father, and this is your father. I didn't know your father so well, so... Yeah, <laughs> but that, that it was important. You know, there, there's little stuff like that in the movie. You know, because pe- small town people talk. In this case, really, really small town. But um, yeah, eight out of ten. It's 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 really great stuff. And Bo Bridges is uh. <laughs> Next up, we're gonna talk about Plut- plutonium and you know Meryl Streep just getting scrubbed profusely in this movie. <laughs> and, <laughs> she's so dirty. And Silkwood next. There are people in this country who work hard every day, not for fame or fortune do they strive, but the fruits of their labor are worth more than their pay. And it's time a few of them were recognized. Hello, Detroit, auto worker, let me thank you for your time. You work a 40 hour week for a living, just to send it on down the line. 
Pittsburgh, steel mill workers, let me thank you for your time. You work a 40 hour week for a living. I just to send it on down the line. This is for the one who swings the hammer, driving home the nail. For the one behind the counter, ringing up the sale. For the one who fights the fire. Who brings the mail For everyone who works behind the scenes You can see them every morning In the factories and the fields In the city streets and the quiet country towns Working together Like spokes inside a wheel They keep this country turning around Podcasts about movies in your life. Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight. The new podcast cure all, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation. We have Italian horror. We have zombies. We have slashers. We have crime films. We have spaghetti westerns. We even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of. They must be destroyed on sight. As needed, and let the hosts. Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host cure what ails you. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. On November 13, 1974, Karen Silkwood, an employee at an Oklahoma nuclear facility, was on her way to meet with a reporter from the New York Times. She never got there. Karen Silkwood. Drew Stevens. Dolly Pelliker. Sweetheart, it's like you're two people. 
I'm in love with one of them. I love you, Terry. Was lost, but now I'm found. Was bound, but now I'm free. What about the radiation effects from all this material? We've all seen the poor guy suffering the effects of sunburn. Well, radiation's like that. <laughs> there was a contamination in our section. They're saying that you did it. I just hate people talking about me that way. Karen, the company's got to blame somebody, otherwise it's their fault. Sounds like they're trying to get rid of you. I wish I could take care of you, but... I'm doing something good. I know what you're doing. You're the wrong person to be doing. I was just thinking, if you'd ever quit, come away with me. I can't quit now. What are you doing in there? The Silkwood from 1983. Rated synopsis is this. Rated R. The hard R, people. Rated R for radioactive. Yes, indeed. Radioactive, radioactive. Hey, you don't bring Imagine Dragons up on this show, I don't. You could have gone with Gene Simmons. You could have gone with The Firm. But no, you went with Imagine Dragon. <laughs> it's a sign of the time. <laughs> it's uh, apocalyptic. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Speaking of which, a worker at a plutonium processing plant is purpose purposefully contaminated, psychologically tortured, and possibly murdered to prevent her from exposing worker safety violations at the plant. This stars Meryl Streep. Kurt Russell, share a rare dick move by Craig T. Nelson in this movie. <laughs> Lots of folks. Fred Ward, Ron Silver, uh, the the Mighty Duck Man's boss, Joseph Summer shows up in this movie. Who who else? Bruce McGill. Yeah. Oh no, that wasn't. The guy that gets diesel in his eyes from from um from X of Overdrive, <laughs> apparently. Because I'm looking at that picture right now at IMDb. The actor's Wasn't name is David Strathairn and yeah, he shows up. Will yeah. Pat Will Patton shows up for like two seconds, and I, I recognize him right away because he don't change his look all that much. Oh, he's got really long hair in that movie, though. Mm-hmm. But this is directed by Mike Nichols, who gave us stuff like The Graduate and you know lots of other good stuff. And I think uh yeah, it's got two lady writers, Nora Ephron, who I recognize because she's written some some decent stuff, and Alice Arden. Ar- 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 See, it's a lady. Alice Arlen is her last name. So. Yeah, I did not know that Nora Ephron co-wrote this film. For the film before either, so it's, it's all it's all surprises. Oh, you know. really? Okay. First time watch. X, had you seen it before? Around. All around stick for it me. to Jamie since she was, uh, built a show around this movie. Well, since <laughs> I was emotionally attached to it. Emotionally this attached just, to it, and uh, we'll ask her all just, about it. Just a big old silkwood sandwich. <laughs> this, um... My mother was a big Cher fan uh, as far as film goes and also Sally Field. And, you know, so that's why some of these movies are struck me at such a young age. But um, she um, she really liked this film. And it was just one of those that I started watching one day. And then um, there are several films like that that we would just they would come on on a Sunday morning or something and we would 
end up watching them together. And it just sort of became a thing that whenever that movie was on, we would end up watching it together. Kind of like Southern Comfort was one. And interesting movie choices, I know, particularly to be watching with my mom and like so much that there's like it, it's a thing. Uh, but well, Fred Ward's so dreamy. So there you go. You know, I do love I do love Fred Ward. But <laughs> my, uh, that is my second favorite Walter Hill movie. I love you for that. Um, I I I I, 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 I get sidetracked so easily. I was. Looking forward to that still disturbed me today because, to be honest, it had been decades since I'd watched it. And, yes, I found, I still found them disturbing, like, say, the shower scenes, for instance. Um, the terminology, even, something being hot, you getting cooked, it, it uh, was chilling to me on just, I don't know, on a very deep level because that is a very scary situation that these people, it is their lives. And they're just like, eh, you know truck and you know it just was that's just the way it was but it's really a horrifying thing and those images and the thoughts provoked by those images stayed with me and all these years they came flooding right back and it was uh even more so because now i'm like an adult and i've i I understand things more so just like thelma daughter having cancer all the time um just that moment when the you see the people just show up at her house um, and just start ripping things to shreds and bagging everything. And it's horrifying. You know, her relationship with Kurt Russell is, I just, um, I don't know. There was an actual moment where the discussion of her being content, like being a contamination to him, it is a, is a thing. And I don't know. It's just all these things that it makes you think, God damn, why is it worth it? Why would anyone do this? Why would anyone live this way but this is what you knew this is what you did and and that's just the way it was and it's that that is horrifying i mean just there are so many so many things about it and while in a lot of ways this film moves at a different pace it has sort of a slower pace and and you get these awkward uh song <laughs> inductions um, by meryl streep which frankly i've never enjoyed but <laughs> um Actually, I, I did it more so this time than when I was younger, but I used to always get my nerves. I guess that's one thing. That <clears throat> it, it's just that all the feelings kind of pile on top of, of one another. But I've always enjoyed Meryl Streep in this and Cher. And um, it, a brief appearance where I can never remember the woman's name, but she played the daughter, the grown-up daughter in Mommy Dearest. Diana Scarwood. Yes, thank you. Yes. I always enjoy her, and uh, it's just, she didn't do a whole lot in this film, but I I did enjoy what she did. Notice things like when in the beginning of the film when she has to go out and she has to scan herself every time you leave the room. Uh, it's almost for her. She's driving away in the flashback, that incredibly painful and unnecessary slow motion with the, with the flashback. I, oh my God, it just, that, I, I see what you're trying to do movie, but honestly, at this point, I, I, you've made your point and now I'm, I'm like, come on already. But, um, but at, at the end when she's driving away, it actually, if you pay attention, like if you really look around the, the shot, those row of phone poles look like she's driving off into, to Calvary. And like it just is, uh, it's just a row of crosses. 
And I'm not sure if it was an intentional thing and it just happened to be the angle and that's what they look like, or if, you know, it just happened to be where they were filming or if someone said, Hey, if I hold it at this angle, this is what it looks like, you know, but, um, that notwithstanding <laughs> the, uh, the film on the whole does uh, affect me and it, it makes me just feel icky in a lot of different ways. So, um, yeah, it still works. I think it, for me. Thanks. Well, all right. Well, once again, we've got excellent performances all around in this movie. I really can't complain about anybody except Meryl Streep. And I enjoy in complaining about Meryl Streep, but I, I do think she was miscast because the whole time I was watching it, I was like, this is watching Meryl Streep playing Deborah Winger playing Karen Silkwood. <laughs> and they spend a lot of time making sure that we know that Karen Silkwood was a real person. She had real problems and real strengths and weaknesses. And, and, and we get that. But the, the result of that sets her up to be an unreliable storyteller throughout the whole thing. And that that's something that people don't usually associate with their whistleblowing heroes, you know? I mean, this movie just spends a lot of time making sure that we don't really think too highly of, of Karen Silkwood. And there are a lot of unanswered questions, which I understand there are unanswered questions in the real-life case also, but, I mean... Did she wreck her car just because she was being a dumbass and driving under the influence, or was she run off the road? She kept asking, "Now, how did this put? How did the plutonium get in my house?" But she kept her allergy pills at work. Uh, and how come every time she sets off a radiation alarm, there are more goddamn sirens going off than when Ripley set the self destruct on the Nostromo? <laughs> at least it didn't get. Didn't. So anyway, I feel like I feel like. According to the movie, she did not she didn't take enough safeguards. And I think the movie makes her out to be a little bit dense. Um, well, I yeah, I agree with that. So I'm I'm not siding with the corporation here, you know, this company that fucking chops up radioactive trucks and buries them, but all three of those people should have gotten the hell out of Dodge a lot faster. And I know I'm I'm arm, I'm armchair quarterback in here. That's you know, but you can also tell this was co-written by Nora Ephron because I bet her parts were the times where I wondered if I had any kitchen chores to do or what spiders <laughs> are made of because my attention just wandered. That movie's too fucking long. Take out 20 minutes. Trim that shit up. Go ahead. No, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, okay. So, you know, not bad. Not great. Ain't, it ain't Norma Ray, that's for sure. But anyway, I watched it. <laughs> Did it? Did none of the like the particularly? And I guess Gary's right about the exploitative nature of them. But did any of those scenes like? I mean, to me, it just kind of drove home how you know, and the fact that they focused several times on this on it being painful, you know, like on the skin green. It just um, I don't know. That made it very visceral for me. I mean, all that was missing was was the angry Colorado sheriff saying shit. God, now are you trying to stomp my heart out for good? I had to take a nap after I watched that movie. <laughs> I think we're talking three solid hours of balling my. The scene in the lunchroom where they're talking about uh, like a kilo of plutonium gone missing, and she takes out a notepad out of her pocket and starts writing shit down. Yeah. Are you fucking serious? Why piss something? I can remember this for ten minutes and not whip out my notepad while everybody's looking at me. 
and screaming yeah. at me, you ain't worth my job. You know, <laughs> it the things that she did just irritated the shit out of me. It's like you, there are red flags all around and you are not seeing them. I don't like the fact that she had the whole thing with Ron Silver. Uh, to me, that just because it was, if, if you know, according to the very long, it was, you know, and she loved Drew, but yet their relationship was worthless to her at that time. And for some, I mean, that kind of knocks down her credibility with me as just a human being. But well, I mean, come on, it's Ron Silver. You got to understand the kind of power. And <laughs> I have always Ron loved Silver Ron. had on women. So. I've always loved Ron Silver, but to be perfectly honest, I've always had a thing for Juice. <laughs> and I mean, it's just. I went to a mostly Jewish high school, and I just, well, I developed a love for Jewish men, and it's, I just, These first I love two movies, him. you should be right at home, then. Former race, and I thought all Jews had horns, which is a line they ripped <laughs> off from a Woody Allen movie, but still, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but, um. I guess we should ask Gary what he thought. I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When it comes when it comes to the rabbi, you know the parents get the moil and he gets to keep the tip, right? You know how it works, or you know that's it. Should have said that. That's okay though. It's <laughs> it's a weird outline, man. Open my it's mouth a, a little. <laughs> pretty fly just, for a rabbi, you know. I just. Do you remember that movie, <laughs> Haunting in Connecticut, and the box of eyelids that the kid found? That <laughs> Kyle Galner in it, you know. And Elias Coteus, So come on, props for that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah, me me and Silkwood, Silkwood and me. The thing that nuclear waste isn't sexually transmitted because Kurt Russell gave no fucks. He was like, oh, you got contaminated today? Well, let's have sex, baby. You'll forget all about your worries. You know, that's a real small part about this movie. I mean, not Kurt Russell. I'm sure he's very large. I like the fantasies that Kurt Russell is uh, a well-endowed man. That's not the point of this movie, though. But I... <laughs> oh, the hell it's not. <laughs> but um yeah it's just sort of certain points is film like the thing with the notebook if you want to do corporate espionage don't write <laughs> notes down openly in front of people because somebody's gonna snitch on you and somebody did and maybe she met her fate that way so with some, with some corporate espionage you know could have been some 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 nuclear g-men coming up behind her and ran her off the road i, I don't know here yeah. i'm curious how she got to go to california expect used to in this film with the fact that she can't even get a weekend off to go see her kids so where the fuck do they think she is <laughs> or does she think they think she is when she goes to washington dc well, that's where our trouble started like she she see you had that weekend off you contaminated everybody you fucking bitch. <laughs> you know had to have that weekend off you know well and to me that does not that whole idea doesn't even make any sense that someone would you know because she had fixed it herself. She had switched shifts with someone else. She had worked a double in exchange for this woman covering her shift. And there would be no reason for her to be spiteful and contaminate the place and put her coworkers and colleagues in danger. Um, I just, like, what? <laughs> and people are buying this? It just, I don't know, it seemed a little excessive to me. But... Yeah, I think that this is probably the, the least shared movie. I've seen a though. lot of these movies, and everything they say is true, so... <laughs> I think this is probably the least share movie of the share movies that are around that you could possibly view because Share lives with them and she they may or may may not be sharing Kurt Russell I don't know but she's a lesbian apparently 
it looks seems like a real freeloader, much like Cher, who who says that, you know, we're out of this. Just fucking go buy it yourself, bitch. You know, shit like that. You know, little, little, little throwaway stuff like that. But as far as the film goes, to get to the core of the film, <laughs> nuclear core. You know, <laughs> there are there are there are there are better films that tackle this subject better in my opinion. You mentioned China Syndrome. I think that's a better nuclear film than this. Well, the Manhattan Project is probably a better nuclear film than this, but it's more done for kicks. But um, as far as the, you know, the the struggle that Karen Silkwood had, I never read the the real about the real real Karen Silkwood because this is a this is a new a new thing for me. I might go back and read it later. But the way she's portrayed in this movie is a real dumbass. And I'm, 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 I'm not saying well, she. I, I think she's portrayed as human, though. I think that's what draws me to it. Is that, yeah, she's kind of a dumbass, but so are most of us. I mean, in some way or another, you know that you can't know everything, and in some way or another, we all feel inadequate. Yeah, but um, if, if, if I was in cahoots with people to go against the company that I work for, I wouldn't be out in the open writing stuff down. No, absolutely not. I don't think anyone would do that. <laughs> Because it was just wow. Um, she may were, as well have brought in a tape recorder and sat down in the middle of the table whenever she entered the room. Come on, just just see how you really feel. You know, it's nobody's listening for real. You know, it's a no that because they they knew about it obviously because they made a comment on it. Much like you know in Norma Ray when they they made her like the 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 floor foreman or something, and she had a snitch on everybody. Everybody knew that she was a she was the the, the warehouse snitch. Much like they knew Karen Silkwood was just writing shit down. Like, like she was well, going to bring... she would have been busted anyway because her phone was listening. So all they had to do was wait to see what ads popped up on her Facebook feed and then and they would know that. Uh, obviously. It's, it's obvious <laughs> now. You know, yes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a crazy person when it comes to that kind of thing. I, I think that, you know, since I have a camera on my phone, that the satellite for, from up above my head could turn, turn on any time and just start 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 putting shit out there. I, I don't know. Just, it could be a thing. I don't know, but this That's film. Why I don't have a phone. <laughs> this this he film... communicates via tin cans and string. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you imagine his Skype his Skype setup is pure hell. Yes. <laughs> it involves some coat hangers and some uh, p- possibly bishops standing in the balconies, just with one leg up and one arm out. You know. Dowsing rods in each hand. Yes, indeed. Guy getting fox positions like her with children. That's that's for you, X. I mean, for for you, Alex. Okay, I married, married, made a married with children reference. Okay, just just throw it out there. But yeah. um, yeah, she's just a real. She's just not very smart about all this all this big picture stuff that she's doing. And I mean, the part and the the parts that are devastating her, like like you said, Jamie, that uh, that the talks about stuff being hot and you know her being scrubbed. The scrub scenes where they were her and um her old lady. Friend, I forget her name. No, it's her friend. Thelma. 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 The parts where her, especially when Thelma's getting getting scrubbed, makes me uncomfortable. Like the scenes in The Exorcist when Reagan's in the hospital, where right. they're, they're showing all the medical stuff being done. Oh, to I Reagan. just heard you talk about that. Yeah, they did that. That something like that makes me uncomfortable, and them being scrubbed profusely because of, of nuclear waste possibly being on their persons is is uh it's uncomfortable to watch. Because you can see the the agony of of what's going on, and them being afraid of how much actually got into their body. They had the one scene where she goes to the to the hospital or the the specialist or whatever, and they say, 
well, you could possibly have this amount in your body, or you could possibly have three times as much, or possibly have three times as little. You don't know for sure, but yeah, it can only spread like cancer at that point, I'm sure. I, I'm not a medical doctor, I couldn't tell you, but it's, it had to be terrifying for if that would happen to somebody, for sure. So what you're saying, Gary, is you don't want no scrubs? I don't want no scrubs, man. Can't get no love from me. Right on. But I have, I have often hanged on the pasture set of my best friend's ride, you know, <laughs> ho- hollering at random females. But I was drunk, and it was a good time, so. <laughs> Fucking X. This is why we're friends, see? <laughs> Precisely. This film goes, compared to the other ones, I think the last film we have uh, has, has more peril in that film than this film could ever hope for, because, like you said, you kind of know what's going to happen to her, because she's pretty careless about what she does. Yeah, R.I.P. Karen Silkwood, because, bitch, you had no sense of what you were doing. You didn't know what you wanted to do till the end of the movie. Like, hey, okay, I'm ready to lawyer up now. And then I'm fucking dead. And then, yeah, epilogue. Craig T. Nelson's a dick. Isn't it, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it horrifying to think, though, that those are the ramifications? I mean, a, 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 a little hardcore. A Columbo she was not, uh, Jamie. Okay? I don't know, I think just, it's scary. No, absolutely. It's just damn. That's the price of being stupid, I guess. <laughs> you know, and that's that's hard. It's it's like that's a that's a lot. I is mean, it, is that the colon? ultimately her life? And honestly, if someone did kill her that night, they probably did her a huge favor. Is that because like? Is that like? I'm gonna write stuff. To, but I'll ask X. Any final thoughts? What would you rate this film? Boy, D Day was an asshole in this movie, wasn't he? He was. Also, you do not have to play Amazing Grace every time someone dies in a movie. Right. We are not all conditioned by Judeo-Christian beliefs that we well up with tears every time we hear that song. It is a cheap-ass emotional ploy, which has only ever worked one time, and that was in Wrath of Khan, and even that was only because it was goddamn bagpipes. Hey, what about Tommy Boy? That works for me, too, every time. No, no. Brian Brian Dennehy, you know. Wrath of Khan, that's it. (laughs) That's it. So, Silkwood gets a five. Ooh, that was, wow. <laughs> Jamie Simmons, what do you give Silkwood, and what's your final thoughts? Oh, um, well, I've, I've said a lot of thoughts earlier, and those are still true. I, <laughs> I haven't changed my mind. Um, I, um, I have to say, I mean, I get it. I, I totally get it, but I did not see your score coming in that low. For me, this is being the song, some of being the, it did feel very dragged out to me. Uh, You could have trimmed the fat on this one quite a bit, and it would have probably had more punch. And because in in some ways, the lengthy 3D effect here, I think, has the opposite effect of what of it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it does suffer under the weight of those issues, and I fully acknowledge that. So for that ties to this film on a personal level, I'll say it is a seven. All five verses of Amazing Grace during a flashback sequence? I, I'm... Fuck I me! In, I took that into account. <laughs> I did. <sighs> you know, I mean, that was fucking painful. I mean, at the time, you already had the payoff. You knew how it ended. You had already reacted however you were going to react. That was not necessary. It just made me sick of the ending. Is what it is. Right on. Yeah. 
And plus, you know, that, that flashback it is like... It made me not give a damn anymore by the time I got to the end of it's, that. It's almost like, you know, I, I think there's an episode of uh, of the sheet of, of, of the, the League where the guy, the, the guy who plays Kevin on the show, he, he's he's like, has a, has like a near-death experience and was getting hit by a car. And all I could think about was this this character in the show called the Shiva, which they, they, which they named their trophy after. But not think about his wife, and that came up film... What she thought about before crashing her car into a ditch or a pole or whatever happened was like the th- the two minutes before she left the house. Like, yep, I'm just gonna go to the store and get some milk, uh, Kurt Russell. I'll see you later. That she's like, yep, I'm gonna get some dick when I get home from Kurt Russell. And that'd be special. Yeah. No. Okay. No. Yeah, she deserves to die. I hope she's burning <laughs> in plutonium. No, I'm playing. <laughs> it's it's really tragic. I guess. I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me, myself, this is like the most insensitive review ever, I swear. But, um, decent film, a little long. I agree with X on the Amazing Grace thing, because he just didn't go anywhere. So like, then, um, share, at least share film there is. The most share film there is, is either Moonstruck or Mask. I think it's Moonstruck, though. So there you go. For me, it's Mask. Mm. Um... But I think that's something that's going to be influenced by because that was another film that my mom and I used to watch together. Them pamphlets, yo. Them pamphlets. Yeah. And then also the legacy because she had a thing for Sam Elliott. <laughs> well, I'm a heterosexual male. That, that was Catherine Ross. <laughs> yeah, but Sam Elliott. Even today. Oh, I'm, I'm talking. I'm, never mind. I thought you were still talking about Cher movies, and I was like, what? No. Oh, well, because because Sam Elliott was in Mask with Cher, then it made me think okay. of Sam Elliott and other Sam Elliott movies that we've watched, because my mom had a thing for... Oh, also Amityville because of Josh Brolin. I guess she had a thing for bearded, dark-haired men. Is that mm. what... <laughs> that seems like a pretty safe bet. <laughs> I'm, I'm following the links into your chain now. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. I give Silkwood a six. Silkwood's decent. Okay. Alright, um, so we got five, six, seven. Five, six, seven. Yes, indeed. But, Does that mean um, I win something? Right, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> go, go play the lotto, baby. Do, do play those numbers, you know. But um, after this, we're gonna get into our final film, the the heart, the heartfully depressing North Country. Right after this. Bang on a hat to take away my place, please. 
opportunity, the one that never knocked Every job they offer used to kick you out the door Come here, opportunity, the one that never knocked Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. Ah, ah, ah. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, crude. I know, really. Right? the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of it. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything yeah, that kept little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How did be a rough you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. So I'm back living with my folks. Only now I got two more mouths to feed. The mine's hiring, you know. Wouldn't you like to make the same kind of money your dad does? The mine pays six times what I'm making now. You want to be a lesbian now? I want to be a lesbian. Okay, now what are you? A cowboy or a cowgirl? I'm a cowgirl. No, not up there, you're not. You must be Hank's daughter. Doc says you look darn good under those clothes. Sense of humor, ladies. Rulo numero uno. They know things have been hard, but they're going to change. I knew you were going to cry. Find your mouth. Meet Bobby Sark. He runs a powder room where they're short one body. And we want a nice body. No fatties. You're taking jobs where there aren't any to take. These boys aren't your friends. Hey, I think we should go to Pearson. Tell them what's going on. This is our lives you're screwing with. Miss Ames has a problem, and we're going to solve it. Thank you, Mr. Pearson. We're willing to allow you to tender your resignation effective immediately. I work damn hard every day, same as you. No, you're the same as me. No, there's a few differences. You don't go to work scared of what they're going to write about you on the walls or what kind of disgusting thing you might find in your locker. Keep your mouth shut and take it like a man. He attacked me. Bob, you lay hand on her? Answer's no. I want to sue the mine, the company, all of them. You can't win. None of those women will take your side. Whether you win or lose, you stand up. Some things are for men, and some things are for women. If she wins, this will affect every company in America. What are you supposed to do? And the ones with all the power are hurting those with nothing. You stand up for your friends. You stand up and tell the truth. It's a heck of a thing. Watch one of your own get treated that way. She's still my daughter. Didn't she? I don't want to 
mind. I just want to go to work like everyone else. North Country from 2005, rightfully rated R, is a fictionalized account of the first major successful sexual harassment case in the United States, Jensen vs. Uh, Eveleth Mines, where a woman won the landmark 1984 lawsuit. Stars, Charlize Ther, with a modest payout. And a modest payout, yes. which they describe at the end of the film. It's a modest. <laughs> Stars, Charlize Theron. Uh, Francis McDormand, uh, Sean Bean, Woody Harrelson, Jeremy Renner, Richard Jenkins, Sissy Spacek. You forget real fast in this movie. I'm sorry. She's that much of a trophy wife. Rust, Rusty Schwimmer, who you might know from uh, Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. I know I do. <laughs> oh, Michelle Monaghan, who um, I guess a lot of bad stuff happens during this film. And I shouldn't be sexually attracted to her, but I, I still am, you know. She, she, she's a good-looking lady to me. But, um, yeah, the, this film is, is, again, has that union stuff in there, but, you know, a lot of misogyny. But I, I'm gonna, before I start shooting my mouth off, I'm gonna ask Jamie what she thought about it. Well, that's All X. Right. What do you think about X? You know, I somehow got this oh, confused. Sh- <laughs> he asked you. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, Jamie. Um... Well, let's see, like I said, well, I didn't know you couldn't hear me. <laughs> um, for me and effective. And I feel like like I'm getting related to her. Like I know what she's going through, what her life is through. And then I'm seeing the way. Sorry, continue. Yeah. <laughs> Section lawsuit and her mom stands up I'm like, lady, I feel like that one does it better. <laughs> um, this one just seems a little theatrical to me and very Hollywood. And so then it's sort of, um, well, that's pretty much the the broad sweep of it for me. I mean, we do get, you know, her relationship with her son. Again, something that she has in common with Sally Field is that she has multiple children and different fathers. And so that's something that and, you know, you you feel for her, particularly when you find out why I'm good. You know, he's the, you know, we've got Woody Harrelson, who's fantastic in this film. And talking to Jeremy Renner. I mean, I don't have a problem with their performances at all. It's not that. It's it's them, you know, Woody Harrelson is hammering at Jeremy Renner over and over again, just relentlessly, sort of, because it doesn't take him long to cave. And then he just like, oh, he's, I'm he's, breaking. He's and then, you know, what was I supposed to do? And <laughs> as some of these characters, they made these art. And then right on the heels of that, her friend in the wheelchair with ALS comes rolling into the courtroom to proclaim her solidarity in this matter. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I just... <laughs> One like, of my um, favorite performances by person with a voice box ever is that that right there. I feel like I'm Rich, watching a Hallmark movie Rich, or something. She's laying under the grab your pussy line dialogue, but this movie right? brings <laughs> yeah, but this this movie brings up a lot of things to to discuss after the movie's over because they don't thoroughly discuss it in the film. Um, but we've got sexual harassment and slut shaming and the exploitation of the rich by the poor and. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Renner with a mullet. All these things just make it a really uncomfortable watch. But again, holy shit, that cast is just incredible. I mean, who's not in this movie? Fucking Corey Stahl is in this movie. I think I'm in this movie. It's just... From the gun shop in Dawn of the Dead is in this movie. Right? I forgot Chris Mulkey. Chris Mulkey shows up in this movie, too. You know? Yes! 
Um, probably. He gives some amazing performances. Oh, he always does. Underrated he's, guy. He's good. He is solid. I think that the problem is just about Bulletproof. Because if you criticize it, then it makes you look like you kind of want to be on the wrong side of history. You know? Wait, you didn't like North Country, you pig man? Or, you know, right. And then I, uh, I didn't, this is a safe space, X. Right? Well, I mean, I didn't hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I won't melt. Well, <laughs> And I, I mean, no, I mean, I mean, you know, <laughs> anything you say is fine. Right. Just between us and our listening audience. Um, like my only regret about Silkwood is that Karen Silkwood didn't go full street trash on us. I was waiting for that to happen, you know. <laughs> Just melting in different colors. <sighs> Over long. And I think specifically on side of molehills, well, this whole fucking movie does that. So, too long. Heavy-handed. I mean, come on, people. Goddamn, cut, cut, cut. You serve your stories by making them lean. Nobody's happy with a bloated story. So, whatever. And we still get kind of a happy ending out of it. I mean, justice was served. But it's worth it to note that the actual lawsuit the movie's based on took fucking 14 years to be settled. Good God. So, I mean, the movie doesn't feel quite that long, but maybe. (laughs) Oh my God. That would explain a lot. They did, oh, they did it in real time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, it, all, it all can't be the Highlander, you know, which, as we know, was a documentary that was filmed in real time, you know. Precisely. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. Yeah, North Korea. Yeah, it, it's, it's an emotional film. Breaking point films where you say... What do you mean you didn't like it? You must be a fucking misogynist pig. Because it runs rampant in this movie. The, the, yeah, men's... men's uh, I'll call it jizz. Because that's exactly what it was. It's just <laughs> fucking disgusting. Let's just, let's just show how, how, until he did that union meeting happen. So he, he, he finally stands up for his daughter who's having all these problems. But at the same time, everybody's ignoring the problem. Much, li- much like in, in Silkwood, you know, where they're saying... They're saying the thing, the thing. In all these films that... You're going to stir the pot, you know, bad stuff's going to happen, and, you know, watch just, like, sit where you are and whatever, and <clears throat> and do nothing. But, but nothing's, the, 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 they made a real play in this film to say, okay, especially the part where they say, where well, we're talking to the guy that said that, oh, if you need, if anything bad happens, just let me know about it. They already had their, their speech all planned out, say, okay, normally we we'll tell folks to give two weeks notice, but we'll let you go right now. Like yeah, they don't give a fuck what you got got going on. You know, they don't give a fuck about any of that shit. And and uh, her performance was good. I, the, the flashbacks stuff was it was it was necessary. You know, not not terribly necessary, but you could you kept seeing the the one guy who was her son's father, her, her her rapist, show up in the movie. But you had to realize well why not Joe Don Baker was showing up in certain scenes like um <laughs> not Joe Don Baker. He looked like Joe Don Baker, though. <laughs> Seemed sympathetic towards the end. That's only because he got shamed into being sympathetic. Um, her female co-workers, who were mostly just going through the motions. You know bad stuff's happening to them. You really don't see the crazy stuff. Dorman does a real bad job of laying out what could possibly happen to you when you're working with a bunch of fucking filthy men. 
she does. He's like, she, she's like, okay, you know, some stuff's gonna happen. You, you, you gotta get, you got she's one of the worst ones. She's an enabler to these. Her skin, honey, you know, it's like, no. I mean, why should you have to put up with it, you know? Just, but at the same time, she, she makes the comment at the union meeting about, you know, actually having money to pay for things and going out on a Saturday night as well, having, having a decent paycheck and without being, you know, groped and, Again, poor Michelle Monaghan. There's that one scene like I was gonna get a cigarette. He starts just starts tweaking her nipples underneath that shirt. You could tell that's what he was doing, and like that that's gross. You know, just 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 <laughs> yeah, pi- just piggish men all over this movie. And if there's anything about it, like besides it, some people, you know, men, some men can be, but at the same time, it almost gives men a bad name. You know, because I, I say stuff sometimes that would be considered misogynist. And, you know, sometimes I'll apologize for it, but if I felt I went too far. But other times, just like, you know, just grin and bear it sometimes. Because people are so oversensitive about certain things. And not anything that's going on in this movie, mind you, but, you know, other things. And <laughs> Not these things. Not these things. Jamie, you're on this program. We've talked about some shit before. And no, I know. And I, uh, you know, hell, I say things that are considered misogynist sometimes. It's, it's, I... I'm, you know, it's interesting because when I'm watching this and you brought up the, uh, like, the dildo and the lunch pail, um, things wouldn't bother me at all. Like, I, that wouldn't bother me at all. No, it's more, more playful. Putting it, their hands on you. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, it's, I kind of go back and forth. And while no, it's not appropriate and no one should have to put up stuff like that, I just don't think I want to die on that hill. You know, I don't. At least it was a suction dildo. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. You know. I mean, you know, more what you say it uh, it uh, <laughs> it uh, won't cheat on you. No, <laughs> stay in one place. Stay in one place. Just lick the back of it and have a good time. You know, because it's a uh, never mind. I'm not going to go into that. But <laughs> but that scene was play more playful, I think. You know, but as far as the the harassment stuff goes, it's crazy. I mean, X and R tied up. You know, where if we t- if we touch dicks, you know, and. As long as you made eye contact, I, I think would be okay, you know? I, I wouldn't sue him or nothing, you know? <laughs> uh, okay, this is, a, this is a question that I have for you guys. Now, um, I know the way that guys interact with one another. I, you know, I've seen the way guys interact with one another just when they're the only ones around. And when you introduce, like in North Country, for instance, you have this and this way that you've always done things, and then you start introducing a different element into that, a different point of view, you know, where, you know, more when this is what we've always done. And if you want us to treat these other people equal, then doesn't that mean that we just shouldn't change? You yeah, know, I, yeah, but they've done it in a bar room or something like that. This, this is a workplace, which is a whole different animal, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, all I'm saying, and I'm not, no, 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 and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they, anything that they do, whereas like, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't think that any of that is appropriate ever or that it's, that it's okay, that's clearly bad. What I'm, you know, all I'm saying is I can kind of understand the mentality when it comes to having to change the way you behave, you know, like uh, not, you know, I don't know, doing a farmer tank chicken spits on the floor. <laughs> and, uh, and that is obviously a, like a caricaturized picture of, of, and I don't see him that way at all. But I kind of feel like this movie did, you know? <laughs> I feel like this movie just painted every man in sight as 
either a, a, an aggressor or someone who was complicit. And like, I loved F. Well, I can't think of actually what his name was in this movie, but he played F in a strain, like Efron. And I, well, it wasn't worth it for him to say something outright. And then I was like, ah, oh, damn it. You know, I really liked you. And, um, I did in the end come back. So I just, I liked that guy, but uh, there were very few positive male characters in this film. I mean, Sean Bean was one. He didn't die. So that's something, you know, he actually he doesn't die. die. In oh, this movie, no. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. You're right. <laughs> so, but he's um, only got one ball. So you get the impression somebody tried to kill him. Oh, that's true. Um, I look at him. He's more of a man than these guys. And he only has one ball. But it it, it probably happened happened really funny, like an animal attacked him or something like that at the zoo. You know, took took one of his testicles. I hear that a a lot. Much like in America's Funniest Some Videos, somebody gets hit in the testicles with a baseball bat. It's funny to everybody else except for the person that happens. My friends in real life are female. So I interact with women a lot more than I do men. Mm -hmm. But, I mean... (laughs) Well... Depends on what time of night it is and, you know, how you're feeling. You know. It's like everybody's asleep. Let me whip it out and get some air in there a little bit, you know. Well, it's a... <laughs> asked if I could take my dick out of the kitchen either. So. Well, see, there you go. Well, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's your kitchen, <laughs> though, man. Is that okay? <laughs> the thing that makes it hard for me, I guess, is on one hand, I don't want to be treated differently. I want to just, I don't want people to feel like they have to be on eggshells around me. You know, that's an, I want you to be yourself and be comfortable around me. And it's not going to bother me. It's not going to offend me, you know, so I have that part of me. And then I have the other part of me who's just like, oh, just don't, don't touch me while you're doing it. And don't, um, you know, hit me with any bodily fluids. <laughs> well, Jamie, let me tell you, okay, we, we work together for a while now. And, you know, we feel that we have mutual respect for each other. But at the same time, I never treated this like a job, you know, it's, it's more like an adventure, you know, like, like the Marines, see. Yeah, I, I feel that, you know, we, we're comfortable enough around each other to to where, you know, unless I say something really, really disgusting, like sociopolitical, it's like, yeah, you know, you know who uh, got a bad rap? The Adolf Hitler got a bad rap, let me tell you, man. You know, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's not the case, though. We, we uh, It's real easy to, to work a couple of them, like in this movie. And mutual respect, but they, they just, like, like X said, it's very cartoony, you know, the, these male characters, with the exception of Sean Bean... The, the 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 clock king and uh, uh, Woody Harrelson star hockey player of, of yesteryear you know <laughs> turned lawyer turned lawyer yes Harvey Birdman <laughs> but um I did love Richard Jenkins though that is an actor that I better <laughs> oh um <laughs> the um, well the, the oh shoot the monster cowboy movie or not monster but uh, Bone Tomahawk. Yes, that was. Oh, he was so good. You keep so your good. you keep your liver spotted hands on my beautiful mother. She's a saint. I love it so much, you know. And he's funny in it, you know. Then you know, character whose daughter moved away for for. I'm guessing because he he never accepted her her having a son. And then when you find out, you know what the ramifications of that son was, he just loses it. Like like I would like any 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 father would. I just found out that her father was raped by a trusted uh, a trusted person like an educator. That I would have done worse. I do love that. That yeah. is a that's a nice moment when he's just like uh, he's gonna rip your shreds. 
man, they would have man, that, that'd be me in a second. Like, you hear so many stories about, it's like, oh, g- g- gymnast or t- teacher, g- wa- father walks in on teacher and, and 13-year-old girl having sex. Like, I would, I would, I would even process. I would just, like, spring into action right there. <laughs> we didn't even have time to think. Like, oh, you told you. going to come at you like a Tasmanian devil. Man, I mean, like, tearing off limbs or something. It'd be terrible. You know, I will cause... come at you like a spider monkey. Oh, yeah. I'm all. Mountain it would be, you know, because that's that's just that, that that instinct that would kick in. I'd imagine I never had this happen to me, but if it were to happen, I'd imagine that animal instinct would just kick in, and I would just lose my fucking mind and do something horrible to somebody that done something horrible to somebody I love. And um, Sissy Sp- Sissy Space, uh, a cool place. Her mother, I think you forget she's in the film at the time because she's such a trophy wife in this movie that it's not even it's not even fair. Like she, she's there's a the part with the mill, with, with the with the mine mill mine. I mean, it goes on with the mine, and Charlize is out of work. She she brings her, you know, money to 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 handle her children or whatnot. And that Richard Jenkins gets really upset because you know that's money he he earned and why she'd have to pay for her being a rabble rouser and all this other stuff. And you know that all turns around like we discussed and ah. Uh, it's, 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 like I said, it's really heavy-handed in parts. Really, the, the males are really cartoony in parts. You know, Jeremy Renner, especially. She didn't really expect him to make that emotional, emotional churn at the end, but it took Woody Harrelson to play in his misogyny to say, for him to do it. It just took a long time for me to get there. And, uh, yeah. Uh, evil, evil is punished, I think, because they don't really say that the... That anything else happened, but actually, it took 14 years for them to get there. So that's not like it happened overnight. Like, hey, I hear at the end, hey, I hear your mother's really rich now. It's like, yeah, maybe she could buy me a car. I'm like, maybe not right now, because you had to wait 14 years to get that money. You know? <laughs> She's like, you're not old enough. And I'm like, well, you will be by the time it's over. Um, well, it's kind of like Aaron Brockovich in that sense, I guess, because I never get the impression that that is supposed to be over a really long period of time. For some reason, it doesn't feel like it's be. And yet, you know, it kind of is. So it's, they just sort of condense these movies and except sometimes, sometimes not enough. Yeah. You know, much like an Annie, Albert Finney had his heart melted by a, by a young lady and uh, it's all good. See? Oh Lord. Did you uh, really just do that? I want a boy. Well, come on. Oh. I, I mentioned that, that Tim Curry, that's one of my favorite Tim Curry roles ever on multiple podcasts, you know, is rooster, you know? And I, I would love to 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 have a um, a East Indian um and it would cling onto helicopters to save me if need be you know. I was always strangely attracted to Rooster as a kid, even though he was a huge ass. I just for whatever reason I found him charming as hell and really good looking. Well, I felt that about Bernadette Peters, but for a whole different reason. Even today, just me talking crazy, you know. Well, I say even today, Tim Curry. So I've just I've always had a love for him. Hey, Jamie, can you make that noise again that you did when you talked about the movie being kind of speeded up? Because that was awesome. Zip. That one? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Podcast at two and hey, a half speed. It up. <laughs> oh, but that, that's about all for this one. I'm going to just say, what's his rating? I think the road to hell goes right through the Iron Range of northern Minnesota, and I don't ever want to drive it again. Fair. Six. Wait a minute, that is an extremely negative comment to still put it a, a point higher. <laughs> what, the Silkwood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this movie makes me want to burn my eyeballs out. 
but still better than that one. <laughs> like a chemical burn, goddamn old. You know, it's just one point. It's one point. <laughs> just go to that eye wash station in the biology lab. You'll be okay, honey. You know. I had to use one of those the other day. Oh yeah. The, the, don't get baking soda and peroxide in your eyeball. Yeah, that, that's that's no bueno. You did don't you, did, you, did you get a nasal smear? <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't give me no nasal smear. Yeah, they should. They're go supposed get, to. Go get checked out. It's bad news. It not. says cancer in the handbook right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what do you give it, Jamie? What's your final thoughts? Um, This is a six. Fair enough. Uh, me, myself, I... I uh, we're talking well, all the points you made about it. It just seems like, oh, like I did a film with um another film with a bird made in Dagenham, which is basically about another textile plant, but it's it's in Britain this time around about women getting unionized and all that stuff. That at least had funny parts of it because oh they have to eat porridge and stuff. I no, it's that's it's not. I think it's in the sixties. It's not that far back, you know. But um, yeah, it, this movie's a six, and I it's a six with a recommend. So if you haven't seen North Country, you want to have a depressing time for two hours, go go give it a watch. You know. Well, I will say the performances are really damn good, they and are. the movie looks good. It does look good. That's a so, key, that's what keeps you in it. The performances. Absolutely, and you just and and like X said, everyone's in it. It's insane. People just keep popping up, and but they're all good people and people that I enjoy getting the opportunity to see. So yeah, they make it they make it endurable. Okay. Yeah, after this, um, I don't think anybody died, so so we're going to go back, come back and close out the show, I think. One dark and stormy night in the mid-80s, Joe Bob Briggs, Harlan Ellison, and the ghost of El Santo pulled a train on Elvira while Siskel and Ebert sobbingly masturbated in the corner. From that union arose the greatest movie critic and luchador that ever lived. But we're not going to talk about him. He's kind of a dick. Instead, we're going to talk about me, El Goro, the stuttering movie fan and host of the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Every week on Talk Without Rhythm, I discuss two to three movies tangentially tied together by a theme. I cover action. And the most complete fighter in the world. Sci-fi. Open the pod bay doors, Hell. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Horror. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. And the continuing adventures of James Spader, sexual deviant. You're not worried that I'm going to fuck you, are you? I'm not interested in that, and I'm waste. Now pull up your skirt. So check me out at TWORpodcast.blogspot.com, drunkenzombie.com, or subscribe on iTunes. Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the world. Adios. Hello? Who are you trying to reach? I don't know. Um, I think you've got the wrong number. Do I? I'm going to hang up. Wait, don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn? You're making popcorn. Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn when I listen to podcasts. I'm about to listen to a podcast. Oh, really? Which one? Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill. Is that the one with the two guys with the beards? Uh, yeah, Dan and Gav. 
Most episodes, they look at two different horror movies. Each episode, they look at a world of a strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes, they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors' discographies and talk about them. Do you have a boyfriend? Maybe. Or you could go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, are you going to ask me out? That's another one of the books, guys. Um, like I said, nobody died, so we're not going to do our my, my ode to hating Stanley this time around. So, I guess that's a good thing that nobody died. But uh, I just heard that called out on... Uh, on PsyOps show, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, on PsyOps. <laughs> he... <laughs> Was talking about that, and I want to make it known because he said the beef. I want to make it known. He Gary. calls. He calls it Gary the beef. Gary has. Gary has that thing. He's not, um, he's not saying you have a beef with Stanley. He just calls the show the beef. No, I know. No, no, no. I know he's talking about the show, and I'm saying for people who aren't aware that it's you, the one. You're the one that wants Stanley dead so bad. <laughs> I don't want him dead. I just, I just wish I you. Wish, I just wish you would die before other people that I enjoy, and that, that's. <laughs> That's the point of the, the thing, you know. That's what the, that's what the, the point is. Why not Stan Lee? It could have been just been Stan Lee, you know. Oh God, I'll leave that one alone for right for this episode. I'm, I'm not hating on this episode until till just now. Thanks, thanks, Sammons, for bringing that up. You know, it's a uh, fucking Stan Lee, fucking strut, they're strutting across the con floor like he fucking owns the place. You know, what an asshole. But yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Now we're ending it on the energy that I'm used to. So yeah. <laughs> But, uh, Jamie, yeah. what you got coming up, girl? I have two uh, two episodes of ABC's of Hidden More that have already been released. Yes. And um, so we're trying to stay on that train and keep that going. And that's been really fun. And so now we're encouraging people to stay in con- or get into contact with us while using our email. And I'm not going to... I'm not ashamed to say I kind of stole that idea from <laughs> uh, from two places, and then I sort of blended them together in my That's mind. Okay. One was one was Duncan's show where he does the T plus challenge and invites people to send in their reviews of the film that he's discussing. It's basically and it's a movie club, so it's like like a book club but a movie club. Well, you and, did it, you did it differently, so no, I know I did, but what I got what I liked about that was the audience participation. I enjoy that, and then if you look at Kiss the Goat. Um, that's why those two things together. Yes, you were cool. So that was really, I think that might be about it for right now. Free X. Before I get into the pimping, I have some final thoughts on this episode that I'd like to share. Oh, please do. There's a different theme running through all these movies than the one Jamie may have intended. And that theme is, don't fuck with people that you think are white trash. <laughs> all, the, all the women in these movies are poor white women fighting against rich white men who make their money off of oppressing their employees. Now, back in the early 70s, we had Roger Corman. And Corman handled this situation by giving us female mobster movies. Boxcar Bertha, Bloody Mama. That's a real drive-in form of female empowerment and i don't think any of the movies that we covered in this episode get that message across national or new world pictures and it's a simple message revolution's coming we thought we had it going on with the women's liberation movement but that second wave 
lost a lot of momentum by becoming more academic and less mainstream. Y'all should have never stopped burning your bras, my female friends, because look where we are now. So keep speaking out. Don't take anyone's shit, and don't let the bastards grind you down. The patriarchy is broken, my friends, and it's time to try another tactic. Rant over. Uh, Hey, Kiss the Goat's 50th anniversary. It's coming up eventually. Um, I want to slow clap that. If you listen to this show and you haven't checked out Kiss the Goat, please do, and please join our Facebook group page because it's a lot of fun over there. And after we get 50th anniversary episode knocked out, we're going to do our fourth annual <laughs> work ethic, y'all. Uh, also, check out the food chain. There will be new episodes of that eventually. Um, hey, here's... Um, okay. If you want to hear me play bass guitar on a record, you can do that. Go to Bandcamp and look up Hollow Men. All one word, no capitals. The album is called By Virtue. It is a free download, and it will rock your face off if your face is relatively loosely attached. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Friendster and High Five, and you should probably follow me and talk to me. Now, your your van's called Hollow Man. Do you like... Hollow Man. Hollow what? I'll, yeah, Hollow Man. Like, it's T.S. Eliot reference because we're all artsy and shit. But do you go invisible and suck women's nipples? I don't. Okay, I'm just checking because you know. It, well, and and that's a shame too. But I do keep some extra gauze bandage in the kitchen just in case. You know, be depressed all day. But I, awesome. uh, me myself, <laughs> what a pivot couple things. It's pretty great. I'm not even on these shows, but the, well, I was at one of these shows. Uh, Grave Shift Radio's back. If you guys haven't heard, they 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 dropped us like like the. Like some hot peanuts on your, on you know, on, on, on a circus floor, just dropped it on Halloween with an episode. So, they're, <laughs> so they're back. You know, they they they, they promised more episodes. So, I uh, did, and it was good. It was fun. I had to wait till I had the movie available to watch, to listen to the whole thing. But I listened to the whole thing with the movie, not the demons commentary, along with the the regular show. And um, yeah, was, that was our developer podcast, not the demons discussion. Yes. Also on Legion Podcast. Yeah, also on Legion Podcast, <laughs> yes. Lips in the lovely Chicago, Illinois. At the same place, the Music Box Theater, to, to uh, go see Doug Tilly and Liam O'Donnell's uh, podcast, which is exclusively about Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts is the fucking man podcast, to where they got them out to Chicago, for, from, from Ontario and, and Philly, respectively, to go do a live show with Eric Roberts himself. And I was touched by Eric Roberts. L- literally, I-, I see him hanging out in the lounge next to the theater, and he came outside and talked to me. And he he touched me inappropriately because they said I wasn't holding my camera too high for the selfie. But the picture turned out nice, so I'm happy about that. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's lots of stuff. On it. Yeah, yeah. If you listen to the show yet, just hearing Eric Roberts say "I ate a cockroach" sing songy is priceless. And you know. It's quite lovely. He's a lovely man, and I got to got to converse with him for a couple minutes. And I'm pretty sure Doug Tilly smoked weed with him, because that that that's a thing. Eric <laughs> Roberts is a big pothead, and I I you have to ask You're him. You're kidding. But when you record with him, you got to ask him this question: Did you smoke weed with Eric Roberts? Because I'm pretty because I believe I believe that too. <laughs> Both men I adore. Yes, because um yeah, they got to go have lunch with Eric Roberts and Larry Cohen and. They said, what are we going to do here? It's like, well, I'll watch your merch table because why should I deny you lunch with Larry Cohen and Eric Roberts? Fucking go eat. You know, go, go do that. And uh, that's a very cool experience for them. Very cool experience for myself as well. 
And uh, that show's out now. So, episode 62 of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man is that live show from the Music Box. And you guys should all go listen if you haven't heard it yet. It is spectacular. And um, my shows, this is episode 96 of Send Me Podcast. So, 97 and 98... And 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 this ninety five. I messed up. Right? I'm I'm talking out of my ass again. This is episode ninety six. So ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine will be a random snake episode. Even parcel tongues get the blues with Stanley and Jennifer. Um, <laughs> yes, indeed. That was just for X. That Harry Potter reference. You see, what I did there. You know, that was only for X. But uh, Suzanne is going to join us because she's the reptile woman, and she'd be very upset if I didn't invite her. And uh, Richard Schmidt from Hello, This is the Doom Show will be joining yes. us as well. Yay. And confirmed, confirmed for the our, our, our Christmas show, I'm Dreaming of a Black... Uh, I'm Bleeding for a Black Christmas, which are all Shane Black either written or directed films. We're going to have Doug and Liam on the show to do do that with us and uh, be a nice little crossover thing. I think any of those films involve Eric Roberts, though. But that, that's that's okay. They need a nice change for once. Hams, though, that and um, one uh, that... X and I can cock well more X because he decided to, look, to put to let's 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 do this and uh, a way to fit the jazz singer on a show not not Al Jolson but the the, the man Neil Diamond uh, t- t- two Jews and a Nazi walk into a kosher deli Lawrence Olivier being Nazi one uh, be, being uh, the marathon man Mar- well, just marathon man boys from Brazil not Nazi Jew and the and and the jazz singer not 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 Nazi but a Jew so. Two Jews, a Nazi, kosher deli. It's all good, people. It's all going to be a good time. Not sure the guests on that one, but for episode 100, I'm, I'm being very long-winded here. It's just this was coming up, people, and I'm very, very excited about all these things. We do shit just got a big thing to where I get guests on that I haven't had on before. So, David Anders, after all, our, our, our what David Anders is finally going to come on the show to join. All right. Yes, to join us in Court Psyops to do Galaxy Quest. Uh, we have Ricky Morgan confirmed. He goes. He's been on the show before, but we we, we love Ricky. And we have uh, uh, Large William, Big Willie, Will Smith from The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Will be joining us so far for Westworld, but I'm still I'm still in in, uh, in talks with people to be on the show. So as more as that comes together, the more and more I'll announce. I wanted to get the Baz on to do something, but. He unfortunately is selling his house, and there's some other stuff going on, to rec- and it'll be very exciting. So I'm, I'm very excited to, to talk to him. And um, besides all that, two drink minimum commentaries, both those shows on legionpodcast.com, Twitter at GW, Twitter at SinBeefCast. As you're listening to this, I'm hoping to get this out by Tuesday. We're recording on a Thursday right now, because my weekend will be very, very busy. Because my friend who's moving away... We're going to go see Streets of Fire on the big screen on a Friday at a midnight showing. We're going to prove how old we are, because the very next day we go to Days of the Dead, the horror con, and we're just going to be exhausted by Sunday. But, you know, as you hear this, uh, I'll have, we'll have collected some stuff, some great stuff for the auction. I might cry a little bit. That, and I will say, go check out all the... Jamie loves it when I do this, and I, I, and I mean from the bottom of my heart to go check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. They'll work very hard to get content out for you. I just listened to my my first episode of Hello, This is the Doom Show because you guys talk so greatly about it, and I was looking for stuff to, to kill time, and they just did a bunch of movies, only which I knew about, but it was it was an enjoyable show nonetheless. And a member of the Horror Mafia podcast, thanks for pivoting everybody's shit, brother, because I, I, I was starting to do that a little bit, but you, you were on point with just 
it's kind of adorable. <laughs> there you go. But, um, yeah, next time, you guys heard all the stuff that's coming up. But, um, this has been the Sin Beef Podcast, where if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. See you next time.